What up, folks? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, got the whole team. We got all five of us on here today, folks. Jay from Unfair Sports, Stephen from FP, a.k.a. Fanatic Perspective, Chris with a K from that Something Down podcast, and Ty Hayes from Stephen from, from FP, a.k.a. Fanatic Perspective, Chris with a K from that Something Down podcast, you guys know, and you guys Ty know. Hayes Sports, from <laughs> Stephen from FP. Okay, we're good. You guys hear me now? Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Second time. Somebody else got you doing it. You know what? Let me tell you what happened, man. You know, it's just a quick thing here. Uh, so for some reason on Google Chrome, it won't work. My screen freezes. I can't get any service, even when I am connected through Ethernet. So I had to open this up through the uh, Firefox. So I had it on Firefox and Google, and it screwed up. So my bad. <laughs> That's <crazy. laughs> Anyways, all right, folks. Today, man, we got a jam-packed show here for an hour. Um, topics at hand today, NIL hearings full of nothing, basically. Uh, two, what coaches in the SEC are on the hot seat? Number three, future freshman QB starters in the SEC. And number four, the best offensive coordinators in the league. We had a list that came up today, I think, from On3 Sports. Um, so, yeah, we'll dig into that. But, folks, let's go ahead and dive into – uh, the uh, first topic, the NIL hearings. And so I understand Chris with a K had a podcast yesterday where he was talking about this. So, Chris, I want to let you start this off, man, and just talk about NIL. Man, essentially what's going on is, well, Jay and Ty, we all talked about it yesterday on my pod. Um, look, it's the direction of NIL. Is it going to go left or is it going to go right? And, yes, when I say left, and I say, right, I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats, right? So pretty much the left, um, especially California, they want it to be pay for play. They want to unionize. They want to go all across the board and give these players more powers, more authority, um, and more money. They want to essentially have it to where these schools who are making double off of these players will be paying them twenty five thousand, upwards of $25,000 and maybe even more once they graduate, right? Then as far as the right, what the right wants uh, to do is essentially preserve the purity of the game. So what they're wanting, they're wanting uniformity across the board, and they're wanting all college uh, football, every college football team, especially college football, uh, to basically have a uniform rule where it's capped or whatever the case may be. That way there's limits on it. It doesn't really make that much sense either way. Ty did the math, and Ty was like, "There's no way. <laughs> there's no way." I mean, it's like two million dollars that you're that that you're basically yeah. could be playing could be paying these players. But when you look at what happened today, I didn't even watch because I figured nothing was going to happen. This was pretty much a town hall, open forum for everybody to go and express their thoughts about nil. Nil is not the worst thing, however. The problem is it, it starts at the top. The NCAA made a knee-jerk reaction to Justice Kavanaugh's opinion decision or whatever you want to call it. Then they, uh, after that, they made another knee-jerk reaction just trying to get, get ahead of the legislation that was going on in different, different states. All the states haven't acted the, this legislation, but the thing about it is, and Jay knows this, as I've told him uh, plenty of times, Oklahoma has a 30-page law about NIL. Connecticut or Alabama may only have four pages in there, but it all says the same thing. 
they basically define what a student athlete is all the way down the line. And then they tell you what NIL is and what the players can do. There's some tweaks to it. And there's some things that are going to change, obviously, because it's, these are hybrid laws. But the thing about it is today, nothing happened yet again, except for people expressing their, um, their thoughts about it. And essentially the NCAA trying to open this up. So the right can come in and tell everybody, hey, there needs to be uniformity and one standard rule that applies to everybody. You know, Let but Chris, but what's that rule? You know, so what what's the rule? That's that's the only thing that I don't get. How can you <clears throat> regulate somebody's name, image, and likeness? I mean, it's it's how popular are you? All right, it's, how much it's, it's money all about endorsements? That's right. It. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's um I don't think there's gonna be any fairness in this. This is a tough this is a tough lesson that kids are going to have to learn, right? Is is life ain't fair. Bryce Young made a million dollars last year. Guess what? Number 85 on the team. You're not Bryce Young, right? Be lucky that you got a free scholarship. Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, we, hey. we, talked, we talked about that, and I'll let you go. I'll let you go, Jay. But we talked about that. Ty, what did we say yesterday? The average NIL deal is coming from the local market. It's not coming from a national standard. Mm-hmm. You're not like B. John Robinson getting these honey mustard deals or whatever the case may be. You're mostly, most likely getting some type of deal from a dealership. You're most likely getting some type of deal Hold from home. the barbecue Gosh, joint. Yeah, the barbecue joint down the street, <laughs> like, like Ty said. So your average NIL deal is not bringing home a lot of money unless, honestly, you're doing – appearance and signing deals you know with people hell i did one for uh a player that's that's going pro now and hell it was five five grand for that but then i've i've helped with others where it's um two grand for the appearance or whatnot and so it's not like now don't get me wrong everybody would love to have a a couple extra grand in their pocket but it's not like some of these deals that these players are getting is earth shattering you know so yeah. Yeah. L- l- let me tee off real quick. And I, so I got two points, really, because we've talked about this ad nauseum and we're going to we're going to be able to talk about this for a while because they're still trying to figure this out. But it's more so my pissivity. I have the level of pissivity I have with the NCAA, the laziness uh, and their incompetence around this. I mentioned this on uh, Chris's uh, pod over the, the horns down. And this is the thing that jumps out to me the most. The fact that the NCAA was able to bring our Supreme Court together (laughs) and all nine of them said that you guys are wrong should tell you just how wrong the NCAA really is. They got them in regardless of where you lean politically, the the SCOTUS goes one direction or the other, depending on what year it is. They never come with a 9-0 decision ever. And we got a 9-0 on this. And they're just like, and when, when Justice Kavanaugh said this, and um, he, he when he said that everything you're doing would be illegal if it was any other industry. That told me just right there, NCAA, you're incompetent. You should have figured this out a long time ago. You should have made this deal. And the biggest argument they had in this hearing is more so the grievance that they filed was we don't want them to be employees because then it really hurts the sanctity of the game. I'm sorry, you're bringing in billions. Now, is the pot going to be smaller because of so many schools? Yeah. I think that's okay. 
that also is going to lead to these coaches losing money. And I think that's where the biggest problem comes in is when the administration and the coaches start losing money, when they have mm-hmm. to cut back on their salaries because the pot gets smaller, that's when everybody's losing their minds. The second thing that I'm thinking about with all of this is long-term looking at it. How long can the NCAA fight back on an antitrust lawsuit? How much longer do they have? Because once the justices all gave that 9-0, they're open for it. The game is open, and no matter what either political side tries within Congress to try to make something in place, there's going to be lawsuits that's going to go down. Either if they unionize, there's going to be some lawsuits that's going to come down. If they don't unionize and try to make a salary cap or try to put full regulation and restrictions on what these players can do, there's going to be lawsuits. So... If we're a capitalistic country, we're all about the free market, why are we restricting the free market? I think the biggest argument for the NCAA around not making them employee status is really where they're focused on trying to get Congress to step in. They just don't want to deal with that. And to be honest, with as much money as these players are bringing in, I don't see why not. Pay them a little money here. Should be good. Just people don't like sharing money. That's all it is. This is my only thing on that with the um, employee situation. If it's NIL and they're getting paid by outside factions, then they're technically not an employee because the school's not paying them, right? So, yeah, you know, <laughs> so it's it's like it's like um, the big problem is this is just my opinion. It's Nick Battle's opinion, uh, not anybody else's opinion here on this show. This is just me talking. I'm gonna get really real on this. the 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 NFL. This is more geared towards NFL and NBA, the two sports that bring in the most money for any of these schools. Okay. Uh, there is no minor league for NFL. It's not a minor league. Now, if I play baseball and I wanted to make money immediately after high school, I can go to the minor leagues and get paid six figures and do well. Right. I've seen people make careers out of playing in minor league ball. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I have a friend now who played 13 years, minor league. He's a host on a show right now. I mean, he 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 did that for his career, make really good money, and is able to settle down and buy a house in Austin and everything in this market, right? He's had a really good career. You know, there's a minor league for – hockey has a minor league, right? You can go straight out of high school to go play hockey. Football, there is no minor league. So these kids are strapped to come in to go play college football. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. However, they are strapped to go play college football, and not have an opportunity to capitalize on about four years of money that a kid that plays baseball can go get paid. You know, even basketball, you don't got to go play in the league. You can go to the G League or go overseas and play prior to going to the draft, so you can make money. And football, where all the money comes in from college, these kids have no opportunity to make any money straight out of high school. They got to wait three years, you know. And so, you know, I'm I'm with them. I'm going to always be on the side of the player. You know, we've all seen what these players have to go through when they're in college. Uh, we all understand what it what it means for them to get to college. It's a level of effort, work. Chris was a college athlete. He understands, you know, just the level of dedication it takes. And so now it's time to step up for the player and let these guys get compensated. Yeah, yeah one thing uh... – F is for fanatics. One of the things I'm talking about, like currently you can have NIL contracts. You can't have an NIL contract with the stipulation that's performance-based, i.e. throw 35 touchdowns and you get X amount of dollars, which is where I pose yeah. the question. I wonder the legality of a anti-transfer clause in an NIL agreement. 
yeah, contracts are contracts. They can be an I-9. You can absolutely police stipulations within contracts because that's absolutely currently happening. I, I mean, that's just kind of the current state of NIL right now, yeah. which is why I asked. I don't know that it is illegal, but I, I just think that there would be something that comes up and they're like, oh, you couldn't do that. Um, look, the thing that- what would, Hey, Ty, what would be the difference between that and a coach leaving a school for another school in terms of the legalities as well? in terms of the difference between a coach leaving a school and a kid transferring to another school. I'm well, just... yeah. I mean, then you have more onus on the coach because think of all the actual like multiple binding agreements he has to that said institution. Right. I mean, Bio. so like, yeah, I mean, but that's, that's, that, that's a whole other can of worms, right? Like it's, it, it gets pretty deep when we get to that point. Um, but the thing I think is so interesting in this is like Chris kicked it off saying like, you know, one party wants this, the other party wants this really, they both want the same thing mm -hmm. and just going about it in two different ways. Right. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's basically saying, Hey, you need a truck and there's a Toyota Tundra and a Ford F-150. Well, they're both trucks. Right. And if at the end of the day, all you need is a truck, that's basically what we're getting here. It's just two different methods to get to the same thing. The thing that kills me though, is that, the root of the problem is the NCAA. It continues to be the NCAA. We talked about this yesterday. The NCAA sat on, excuse my French, they sat on their ass for so long, they didn't want to do anything until the Supreme Court said something. And the Supreme Court, I've said this before, they were not there to talk about NIL in the grand scheme of things. They were not there in NCAA versus Alston to talk about the legality of the antitrust structure of the NCAA, Justice Kavanaugh came out of left field <laughs> and was like, hey, your whole structure is illegal and it would not pass judicial scrutiny. It would not pass review. You cannot have a system where you base your whole theory off of not paying people for the sake of not paying people. That's one quote that always stuck with me about this. And all of a sudden, I've always talked about this. Ten days later, all of a sudden, NIL comes out. But wouldn't you know it, there's no thought behind NIL. For instance, Texas, Texas A&M instantly hit the ground running with collectives, right? Well, then people wonder, well, why didn't states like Florida, why didn't they instantly have a collective? Well, it's because the Florida legislation passed laws that were restrictive to their NIL capabilities. They couldn't mobilize in mm -hmm. the same manner Texas could. Alabama could not mobilize in the same manner Texas could because the local state legislation had passed restrictive laws. That's not Texas's fault. That's, you know, that's, that's not anybody's fault. That's the NCAA's fault for not putting something out there that was on equal footing. And the thing that kills me before I pass this off, everybody wants to clamor about parody, mm -hmm. right? And everybody's like, oh, well, we need to get parody. And look, I agree. I think we should always be looking for some form of parody in sports in general, right? I don't think that we should police sports, uh, but parody is in no, 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 no doubt good. But if we want parity so bad, it's very simple. Create a uniform NIL rule. It, 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 is, it is so simple. Just give a bright line. What yeah. is legal? What is illegal? And we're good to go. The NCAA could have done this all. And the, the crazy thing is it took the government to step in for them to get NIL. And mm -hmm. now because of the NCAA's incompetence, we're right back at the government level. Yeah. It's just ridiculous to me. <laughs> quick question. I got a quick question for y'all on this. And I've seen this in the comments and like Episode Fanatics mentioning I-9 employees. 
these students aren't employees. Exactly. And the whole thing around NIL is that you're not allowed to tie it to a school, technically. Even though, in theory, most of your deals will come from local places because you're playing at the local school, which is why most of them are, you know, one-year deals. So I asked this question. If we decide to try to put restrictions on NIL deals, will they have to eventually get to the point of labeling these students as employees, which is the opposite of, of what, what they PSA want. Wants. Hey, is that, does that, does that, doesn't that feel like we're driving that direction? That's what it is. Crazy? That's what it is. They want to, they don't want to make them employees, but are acting like they want them to be employees. Right. It's, it's NIL, this name, image and likeness. For instance, everybody understands that my wife's from Alabama. She's from Greene County, right down the street from Tuscaloosa, 45 minutes away. Right. I have two nieces that graduated from Alabama. I remember going to go see my niece graduate from school. I go into their to their um, their local shop and they have Hawaiian themed everything. Now, hmm. I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and the whole athletic shop is Hawaiian themed because the said quarterback at the time was Tua, who is Hawaiian descent. And every they had literally the what do you call the things, man? The uh the lace. Yeah, the lace. Yeah. They had the Hawaiian themed shirts, the um Hawaiian themed bracelets. Everything in that store was geared towards awesome. Hawaiian culture. Right. So it's like you gotta be freaking kidding me. This is why NIL needs to be you know, implement it because you're making money off this guy. There's no way in hell anybody in Tuscaloosa, Alabama is wearing anything Hawaiian mm-hmm. uh, if, Tua t- if Tua wasn't there. You want right? to know why NIL needs to be a thing? I'm going to be very honest. What's that? And, and selfishly speaking, damn it, I'm not tired of not having an NCAA video <laughs> game. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Guys, we, yeah. We, yeah. we could solve so much of this with the EA deal, do you yeah. like <laughs> so much of this could be solved once the EA deal comes in? I'm sorry, Stephen. I, no, I feel like right. We wait on to hear from you, Stephen. What's up, man? Stephen, no, no, you guys, you guys are hitting it on the head. I agree with Ty about the NCAA aspect. I mean, I grew up playing NCAA football. It's a big reason why I'm a college football fan. It's a big reason why. I was able to grow grow and fall in love from an educational standpoint with mm-hmm. so many of the other teams and, and mm-hmm. building up different programs and seeing being exposed to stadiums and different players. It's Why the same type of exposure you get from Madden, and especially with video game culture as it is today. We're talking about what it was 20 years ago. Look how many people are still on uh, NCAA 14 servers, right? <laughs> like to the day. Still, still people, people out here like us. I- I got 14. Still producing, I got 14. Producing, I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, I, I, I forgot who I was t- talking to about this, but whenever the game comes, we're we're definitely starting a spinoff channel yeah. for, for NCAA football. Like, I'll be the new Twitch streaming. I, I, yeah. I, told Ty, I told Ty already I was going to destroy him every time that I get a chance. <laughs> I'll tell you what you do is just sim the games and play them sim and just broadcast them the whole time. You, you don't want this smoke. 
I want I I want both of watch them two play. I my money is in on whatever team I want. It gets dangerous around here. Gets dangerous. All right. I put players out there on the field. All right. Speed D on on, hey, it's a lot of speed around the field. I'm telling you. I hope you run that Alex Grinch defense against me. I pray to God you run that Alex. Like I told you, like I told you, they call me a a Rest in peace, but they call me the Black Mike Leach. You do not want to see me on those sticks. Wow. You know what the, so you're going to play no defense? I'm just letting you know. So I'm going to play cover four the whole time. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. cool. Yeah, hey, guys. You know what, honestly? Uh, Steven, Steven, go ahead, Steven. I actually had a point about the, the – on a serious note. I do wonder, and this is real quick – what the longevity is of the NCAA as a governing body period. And yeah. I've, I've thought about this for a good while. Seriously, because of at every turn, they, it's, it, it's bumpier and bumpier as change comes along. I mean, I've always talked about the four big change agents in college football, name, image, likeness, super conferences, um, you know, just the, the playoff situation, and, and everything that that comes with that, and, and there was one other one that that I, I I'm, I'm losing off the top of my head, but with all of those things under the NCAA's guidance, they struggle at every single turn. They really, really do. And with this in particular, and the legalities behind it, and and you know the federal government saying, hey, this isn't even you know this structure, and then rolling out an NIL almost ad hoc, if you will, like. This is this is the nature of business that these people have always run like. But now with with I mean, it's nothing new with the NCAA. They've always been a mess. They've always been a a crappy governing body. Um, oh, the transfer portal was the fourth big change agent, by the way. I don't yeah. know why that's my mind. That's true. Was the yeah. transfer portal? Um, but every that included right? Like they fumbled the they fumbled the ball every single time, every single time. Yeah. So it's no surprise that we're having more about nothing with NIL um, and the sharks will continue to eat until somebody else steps in and is the adult in the room um, in place of the NCAA, in my opinion. I, All right. I would just, Oh, I was just going to jump in because I want to piggyback off of everything that you guys said. So um, during my college years or or my, the latter part of my undergrad years, I, I I did journalism. So J school, J student. So I wrote an opinion article. Uh, I did a series just about athletes, about how college athletes actually feel. I mean, I, I'll, I'll send y'all some samples, but there was one opinion article that I, that I wrote that was honestly near and dear to my heart because I, I thought it was true. And I felt that it was true. You know, going from the JUCO, just going to school, I was cool with a lot of the athletes on campus. And I mean, you know, you see the struggles of everybody. You see the struggles of a lot of your, your, your teammates or whatnot. You know, a lot of times you coming back with McDonald's, everybody else is like, man, you still got the noodles over there, right? So anyways, I wrote an article and basically I, I called it what it was. I said, hey, look, the NCAA model right now, not paying players for what they're doing and all the money and the revenue that they're generating for your university. This is modern day prostitution because <laughs> a a coach can recruit a kid but he also can recruit over a kid if you are not producing on the court or on the field or in the classroom they can get rid of you 
your scholarship is not guaranteed for a full four years, two years, or however long. You have to go back and have those exit meetings and whatever, figure out if they want you to even come back. Exactly. And so when they have that much autonomy over their their program and they can just jump and leave it or whatnot, before NIL, it was modern-day prostitution. So now what it's dwindled down to is just a control game. It's been a thing about control. So that is is what the NCAA is begging and screaming uh, for the NCAA, I mean, for the uh, for the government, for Congress now to to step in and, and bring intervention because they need help to control this, to 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 clinch on to the last part of control uh, that they have over the situation. And the thing about it is that it just doesn't look like it, it's going to happen. And I, I, I challenge everybody on here and, and everybody in the comments, man, go look at that California statue. California is the reason this is happening, mm-hmm. because what California is doing is basically posing a law that if passed. Will be copycatted by a by everybody, every state that is going to have some type of NIL deal or collective, they will cop. There will be copycat uh, legislation legislation passed. And it will open the floodgates for a lot of questions, problems, et cetera, et cetera. A quick question real fast, Chris. Um, that California law, do you remember off the top of your head, if, was it only to scholarship players that that NIL would go to? I don't believe it says scholarship players. Yeah, it's got to be just just players. Just look at a guy like Bronny James or something. You know, If he goes to school, let's say at USC, you think he's going to take a scholarship from the school? He's probably going to – not be on scholarships so that the team can go get somebody else because he can front his own way. You know, same thing with, uh, you know, like Master P's kid did the same thing, you know, so. Uh, Romeo, yeah. We're just going to assume. This is what it said. This is what it says verbatim. It says, uh, the bill would require state schools to share a percentage of revenue with athletes and programs that bring in double what they spend on athletic scholarships, meaning it would most likely impact only uh, football, impact football, and men's and women's basketball pay would be capped at $25,000 per academic year with more to be dispersed after completing a degree. I don't so, like, it. I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me jump in here real quick. Hey, hey, hey. We're going to assume it's 85, right? Because from what I looked up, there's 85 scholarship players on a team. They can then fluctuate anywhere they want up to 105, I believe. Yep. So just just for the sake of cleanliness, 85. 85. That's how much money they'd be paying a year with the 25,000. What's that? What's that? 2.125 million? Yep. That's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. That's a drop in the bucket. So look here, man. NIL, this is what people are mad at. They're mad at these boys about to get paid now. It is what it is. These boosters are are about to legally start paying these guys, and they are afraid that there's going to be a power shift that these kids are now, they have more money than some of the coaches on that staff. They're going to make more money at, at, at this school than anybody in any administration of that school. When you're starting quarterback and possibly his backup, like at Texas or like at Bama, both of those guys, maybe even the top three are going to make more money than the AD at that school. Right? So, this is the thing. Boosters are pissed about – I don't say boosters. Boosters don't care because they just want the best talent. The common fan does not want to 
uh, see these players get paid, but they have no problem with a booster, like, for instance, at Alabama. Uh, when Nick Saban was threatening to leave for that time, they paid off his house to the tune of $1.8 million. No problem with that. No problem with paying off Saban's house. But God forbid you go give that football player $100,000. Nino, Nino, that's what college football is all about, baby. It's, it, we contradict ourselves. Bad that's man. all we. That's literally college football, man. No, I mean, look at look at Neo's Neo's comment here saying there have to be regulations, otherwise chaos will reign. We're Sorry. talking about the we're talking about the NCAA here, man. Like this is the most corrupt organization outside of FIFA. I was like, about to I mean, say, yeah, <laughs> or 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 the what's that? The uh, international committee for or the Olympics or whatever. The, the IOC. IOC. <laughs> <laughs> it's those three. So okay, I, my last point on this, and we've already gone about thirty minutes. Yeah, so I figured yeah, we would end up going a lot, very long on this, and not really get to all our topics. But one thing, though, this is the only thing that bothers me. You know, you hit it right on the head. It bothers me that fans have issues with these kids getting this money. Guys, we got to think about this. Boosters are willing to give people money without actually getting real benefit from it. Like it's a transaction of giving money and the only benefit is that they can say that they have met a player or been around people. They literally are jock sniffers paying for the opportunity to be around people. Why do we care what other people do with their money? The problem, like you mentioned, is people don't like the idea of the players getting the money. Yeah. Uh, not saying everybody, but those that have issue, they have issue with the players get the money because the biggest argument you hear is, and we talked about this, Ty and, and, and Chris, the locker room piece is, oh, one player's going to have more money than others. There's going to be issues in the locker room. In a, do you think that there's problems in the locker room at Ohio State between C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr.? Because if I remember correctly, Marvin Harrison Jr. is rich. He wears <laughs> Louis Vuitton shoes. <laughs> C.J. Stroud came from a single-parent household, and, you know, they're just trying to make get by. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is rich, like rich, rich. Because yeah. his daddy was in the NFL. That's not uncommon. That's <laughs> everywhere. Last point. If you think parody is going to come from this, you're crazy. Because coaches, if NIL did not exist right now, we would still see the same Alabama today that we're seeing as we saw when Nick Saban got there in 2007. The difference between 07 and today, there isn't one. He just has a re rotating staff on the offense and defensive side as far as coordinators go, and it happens. Yeah. But until you replace these coaches, if you want parity, and I'm going to give you the secret, make coaches have to retire after 10 years. Make it seven. Every seven years, you have to leave a job. Oh. You will get parity. Because at that point, that sounds coach awful. can't dominate. <laughs> it's hard to dominate. When that the guy awful. that's dominating is gone. <laughs> it's on. an awful idea. It's awful. But, but No, no, no. I see where you're going with it. No doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. That's literally <laughs> the only it, way yeah. because these kids are following coaches, man. You're going to get one or two that's going to follow money, sure. But yeah. these kids are following coaches. They're following development. They're, they're following everything that comes down the line from being on a team. They're not really following just the money. Yeah, just, exactly. Just you know, keeping it a buck. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, guys, we got 31 minutes in this topic. We got to go to another topic, man. <laughs> this was good. We might have to have like a full episode on this one, man, you know, sometime later. But let's go to topic number two. Coaches on the hot seat in the SEC. Jay, I'm going to send this over to you because I think you're the one who actually posted this topic for us. Who do you think is on the hot seat, man? Man, I'm looking around the SEC right now and – 
as much as I feel like it makes no sense for this to be this way, I really think that Sam Pittman over there at Arkansas is on the hot seat. I was thinking, and I say that I feel like he's the one on the hottest seat. Now, granted, I would love to say Jimbo Fisher, but I've said this on everybody's show at least once, as well as my own. AM is not going to come with $200 million to get rid of this dude because the minute they fire him and they pay him his 90 something million in buyout, Jimmy Sexton is not going to let nobody take that job for less than 100 mil. And I know AM ain't going to want to figure that out. I know it. Because nobody would be stupid enough to take that job as high profile. I'm putting quotes on it. I'm putting my little quotes with my claw hands. <laughs> how high profile AM is, nobody's going to take that job for less than what Jimbo made, especially with a five and seven season. So looking at Sam in the situation in Arkansas, man, you would think that they would just be happy with the fact that they're relevant in some capacity. He does a great job. He's got a freaking hog fountain at his house. But I feel like he's on the hot seat. I feel like that they that Arkansas believes they should be better than what they are, and I can see them fire him this year if he goes under five hundred. That's he was the number one person that jumped in my mind when I thought about coaches on the hot seat. Thoughts, Jay? I was <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier, man. When you posted that question, and I didn't want to say Sam Pittman, but it was the first thing that came to my mind too. And it's not because of what he's doing or not doing. Arkansas is one of those schools, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. They're one of those schools that are going to be really good every fourth or fifth year. Mm -hmm. They got to be able to get the talent in and develop that talent, mature that talent, and then they're going to have a hell of a team in four or five years. But it's like they're going to be in spurts, and they're going to have down years, but it's Arkansas realizing who they are exactly. And I don't want to put unfair – you know, expectations on him because he doesn't have the recruiting bed that a Texas A&M has or a Texas or an OU has or an Alabama. I mean, he's they're in the SEC, but they're in the SEC West uh, Northwest portion of it. Right. So they don't have that, that huge recruiting bed every fourth or fifth year. They're going to be good. And I think they're going to have to just give them time because they need a coach that's going to be stable there to kind of stabilize that program. That's just my opinions on it. I, totally I look at with Sam Pitt, with Sam Pittman too. Um, he's well liked. Like yeah. there's there's something to be said for how your persona fits in the culture and the environment. I agree. I think Jay makes a lot of points um, in terms of where there's there's you know so potentially friction. However, when they were like really really healthy last year, they were they did get to the top ten. I mean. It, it's it, and he's flirted with it a couple times. Um, I, I just think that he's one good complete season away from going the complete opposite direction because they're they're such a they they're very emotional as a fan base to where they give him an extension. Like I think it, it could go <laughs> it could go the other way completely. If he was if he was one of these guys out here that was like an absolute dick and just didn't fit in with the culture, mm-hmm. I would be with you. Like that's where people start to disregard. Yeah. results and what's happening on the field and recruiting and all those things. But um, I have another, I have another hot take in terms of this question. Um, mine would be Billy Napier at Florida. Yes. After one year, he was my second. Mm. I would say Billy Napier. Mm. I, I, yes. I don't, I don't like how things are going 
and they are things outside of his control. Okay. They are things outside of his control. When we start looking at, we talked about NIL earlier. And, and I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the whole, you know, Rashada deal with the quarterback and, you know, the other kid, uh, uh, what was his name? Marcus, uh, the other kid that, that you know, got in trouble. Oh, Marcus like, Stokes. Marcus Stokes. Marcus Stokes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, these are, these are, it's like Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events with, with, with Billy Napier. And the other thing I look at with Florida is they've had how many coaches since Urban Meyer left, right? So when you look at, and, and, and it's the, like the longest tenured ones, maybe three years, three, four seasons, like you're talking about like Jim McElwain and, 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 you know, even as, as recently as some of the other guys that they've had back uh, down in Gainesville, I mean, they go through them. Like Dan Mullen was really only there for what three years. How many years was Dan Mullen in at Florida? Three of three. Four tops. He made four? it three. Three. He made it three. Like, but Spike. I think I think one of the things with Dan Mullen we have to remember though, you can't make it in the SEC at any program by going in front of the media and vocalizing. We don't worry about recruiting until the season is done. <laughs> I, I don't I don't care if you're in season two. They have grounds to fire you. That that one in Fireball fairness isn't on. Yeah, that that one in fairness that's not on. I Florida. thought that that was coach talk, but Ty has really really shown me the error of my ways. Because Ty is like that that's a serious issue. Three that's that's, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. That, that's not that's on Florida. They, they no. were well within their. You <laughs> can't be against Georgia and Nick Saban. Where guys, the NCAA has had to instate rules for it for Urban Meyer and Nick Saban because they would not get off the recruiting trail. And other yeah. coaches were like, "Shit, I want to go on vacation," and they're like, "Forget a vacation. This is vacation." Like players. Yeah. So they had to. Yeah, you can't be in the league against those cats and be like, ah. I'll worry in the off season, buddy. In the off season, IMG is picked clean. Yeah, they're done. You know what's funny? Mullen was great for Mississippi State. He's in Mississippi State, right? He was. He, Yo, he was oh my God, Dak Prescott, baby. Yeah, you know, so he was he great. Got Dak drafted. State. That was the perfect job for him because he he didn't have to go out and recruit all year round because he knew that he's gonna get the leftovers regardless, right? So he's just gonna go pick up. You know, a few four stars that didn't get picked up from Bama or Florida or Tennessee or Georgia. And then he can go pick up some really good players and not have to work too hard to go get them because mm -hmm. they want to stay in the SEC. Edu, Edu got Mississippi State to the Orange Bowl with Dak Prescott, which always baffles me when it comes to the NFL draft, how Dak fell as far as he did. And it's like, wait, did you not see him at Mississippi State? He had them like number two in the nation and he went to the was, he was Orange Bowl. Guy in college. Like you, you can't you can't deny Dak, that. That's talent. But yeah, Dak also, not recruiting is an issue. He also <laughs> had a DUI thing and that fight that happened yeah that kind of i mean if that's the case and baker shouldn't have been picked high it, i mean after the arkansas situation yeah fayetteville yeah. yeah yeah that is very much true <laughs> hold on folks let me uh, uh, let me butt in I here wanted add, I, I wanted to finish one point with billy napier though yeah. i just think that with the bad omens and things we saw firsthand with charlie strong and like some <laughs> things start happening all over the place I think Billy's a good coach. This isn't me saying that Billy's a bad coach. I want to make that – I just want to make that clear, Nino. You know, like, I think the circumstances are not favorable to his success and knowing that Florida will make a decision. I mean, to, 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 to Ty's point, 
Dan Mullen, yes, he made the he made a that statement was a fireball response about recruiting, but that was one year off of being in the SEC championship game with yeah. with Kadarius Tony and all and Kyle Pitts and all those guys. That was like there was like no time removed from that. Yeah. So we got to consider those things. But I, I'll, I'll pass it to you, you know. Yeah, you know what? Um, I just wanted just to you know give a shout out to you know SBC Bates over here for the for the buck ninety nine and the. Uh, those horns downs down there. However, it's always horns up over here on my side, um, SBC bait. So uh, now I can get you off the screen with those horns down. We can go to another. Uh, yeah, appreciate the donation, SBC. <laughs> appreciate yeah, the appreciate <laughs> Thanks, man. That's the first donation that, uh, you know, we've gotten here in the channel. Thanks, buddy. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Oh, can we the put the Corvette with no wheels comment up there? This is. Oh, so I, good, I made, man. No, I made this exact comment a year ago about Texas whenever people were like, oh, they need to get rid of Sark. And I was like, Sark no. got left a Ferrari with no with uh, Walmart you know, tires. That was my analogy. You stole that from me, Ty. I went on your show and said it. <laughs> I remember I said it's like a it's like a Lamborghini with no tire, you, you know, with a with a Walmart tires on it. Everybody cracked up on that one, but it was That's what it was, man. We it's had a true. bunch of damn skill position players and no uh, offensive linemen. So. No trenches, no trenches. But oh, no, I, I'm as far. But outside of the, the the rest of the conversations and everything with Napier and Napier and Pittman were the two that really jumped out to me as far as yeah. being on the hot seat. Unfortunately, like I don't think Billy Napier should be on the hot seat, but like you mentioned, Nick, it, it's really a lot of stuff outside of his control, and it's just. I just think that their collectives and everything going out with Florida on the back inside, it's looking really bad. It's like it's almost as toxic as Auburn's like booster situation. Oh, and we all know how bad that is. Like that is a really bad situation uh, just in general. I mean, you find a way to lie about your coach, try to find a way to fire him at call so you don't have to pay him. And it's like, yeah, y'all got problems. And then the, the most beautiful thing is, is they, they launched a coup against their old coach and then hired a coach that has been proven <laughs> to do the exact thing they launched a coup against the old guy for. So obviously it wasn't that big of a deal. You should have just came out and say, hey, buddy, we don't think you can coach. That has just been like cutting to the issue here. Yeah, I just paid a buyout. Just pay the buyout. Just pay the buyout. I'm going to step in real quick and give my name before you go because I do want to just give a quick response to both. On the Pittman comment, that's interesting. I don't think this is the year he's on the hot seat, but here's where I think that's interesting. Arkansas, to Nino's point, has been hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. But the problem is, is there's been lingering things that just, it can't be that way, right? Um, for instance, this past year, Arkansas State had a better defense than Arkansas. I mean, that Arkansas secondary was tragic and and part of that is because of injury Let, injury. let's be very honest here it's not i'm not saying that is it's like oh bad coaching i think Pittman's a great coach i i really root for Pittman at arkansas and i i was actually on record talking to both chris and jay especially you chris and you'll remember this i told you i thought arkansas was going to be a team to watch in the sec uh, and you told me you didn't think there was any way in hell. We we fought, and I was I was wrong as could be on that. They really struggled this year. Kudos to you. On nope. on yeah, no doubt, no doubt. On Napier, I just think that one of the things that's going to really help Napier is I think Ducks comment, but two, they have a guy right down the street and Mario Cristobal, 
who just, I mean, took a roster that had a quarterback that everybody in college football was so excited for. And my goodness gracious, though, I mean, that that was tough to watch in Miami. Mm -hmm. And Cristobal's got that experience and they had five wins, five and seven, I believe, is what Miami went. Um, So that's I think that helps Napier. And I also think the way he's going about this, but Steven, it is so interesting you talk about it, man. Um, the the Jaden Rashada deal, right? I've talked to High Top. I've talked to uh, F is for Fanatics, both podcasts, awesome Florida content. If y'all haven't checked it out, please go check it out. Both of those guys are unbelievable. I'd love to get either of them on this. But they were telling me there was a lot that went on to it, and especially High Top. He's very involved with the NIL. And one of the comments I had said to him, I was like, look, I have no doubt that there's a lot of intricacies that went into this, that it would completely make sense if it came to light. The problem is, is the court of public opinion is a very powerful thing. And now when everybody thinks of an NIL deal going wrong, they think of one name and one institution. That's problematic. Whether it was their fault or not, the court of public opinion is a very, very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. The, the name I'm going to give you, though, um, and once again, I don't think he's on the hot seat, but if A&M does this tomfoolery one more year, <laughs> I don't know. They are paying him Jimbo and Nick Saban money in terms of results, and they are not getting Jimbo and – or I'm, they're not getting Nick Saban and Kirby results for the, the money they're paying him. Now, yeah. Jay, here's where I agree with you. They've shot themselves in the foot because what do we see in the NFL? A quarterback signs a contract and he sets the market. Mm-hmm. When they gave Jimbo Fisher that contract, they effectively set the market. I don't know what they're thinking, but look, and it's it's not just on field. At a certain point, there's a lot of things that could go right for AM this year. I, I like a lot of their pieces. Evan Stewart is a monster. Ruben Owens, I think, is going to be phenomenal. Um, uh, yeah, they, Hicks huh. is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, <laughs> but I, I just think Jimbo Fisher is a name to watch, but I don't believe he's on the hot seat. I, I think th- there's been a lot of comments pointing to there might not be a just quasi hot seat guy this year in the SEC. And I think that might be true. Um, but I, I will say one more year like they just had, I don't know how he's not on the hot seat if they have one more year like they just had. It's going to be interesting. I just I, It's the money. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Is AM going to be willing to put that put that on paper to pay that buyout for, for him and all his coaches? Are they going to be willing to do that? If, if I make it, I'm getting Jimmy Sexton as my agent. <laughs> yep, speed dialing him immediately, uh, expeditiously. Immediately. All right. So talking about Adam, folks. You know, I, I think everyone. Hold on, hold on. I want to hear Chris's. Oh, I want to hear Chris's. Chris. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry, Chris. Chris. Who are you, you good, who you bro? Um, I think y'all are completely crazy about Billy and uh, and Pittman. I think Pitt uh, Pittman is going to be fine at Arkansas simply because one thing that he has on under under his. Uh, Hell on his belt is, is the fact that he he has helped them have a resurgence. And the fact of the matter is, is that he played without some key parts that he didn't have when he was having a lot of success there. Wide receiver is one uh one one position. Um defensively. Hey, I mean, look, their offense was stagnant last year. And I mean, I think OU fans and Texas Texas fans alike could say 
I'm, I, I can't wait for uh, Browse to get there with TCU because we saw what his offense is like. It's, it's really stagnant. And um, I, I just feel like Pittman, Pittman's okay. I feel like he's going to have the morale and all the rest of that stuff and, and the juices flowing early in the season. We just have to see. It all really depends on, on KJ Jefferson. Just like I talked with uh, about Quinn Ewers and a, and a, and a few quarterbacks uh, uh, of note, look, KJ Jefferson is going to have to put that team on his back and win some games himself. It's not just going to be a, oh, we, we go out here and we do this and we're going to help you out. No, he's got to go put the team on his back. Uh, with Billy down there in Florida, I think that you got to give him this year and say last year was a mulligan and say, hey, look, I think you're going to be uh, be better. We've seen him do uh, more with less. Um, the only question that I have about him is how the hell did you make it this far thinking, oh, yeah, I got Graham Mertz and Jack Miller um, as quarterback and think that you're going to be successful with that. So that's my only knock on him right now. But if I set a guy on a, on a hot scene, I'm not sure if he's got, gotten a, a contract extension or not. But, I mean, I, I think, you know, looking at all of the SEC teams, I would go Missouri. Because, I, I was going to say Drinkowitz, but he just got there in 2020 as well. Yeah, and they just long. gave him an extension. I thought he did get an extension. Yeah, They did. They gave him a two-year extension, so he's extended to 2027, mainly because he looked halfway competent, hitting close to 50%. Um, they closed on Luther Burden as well, which was a big recruiting win for Missouri. That was huge. Here too, Chris, of you know being in Kentucky for life. We gotta in the SEC. We gotta scale these schools of expectations, yeah. right? Like, because yeah. some of these schools are like, like, like. That's why Lane Kiffin's literally in the perfect situation. Yeah, let's be honest. He golden as well. Yeah, yeah. Ole Miss is never gonna need to actually go for a championship. These guys just stay relevant. Ten win seasons here and there. Stay relevant. Like be fun. Start. Yeah, I think you Kentucky's know. the same way. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think, and I think Arkansas should be that way, but they won't be. Just as, as Nick mentioned, they have this – they have a, a up and down. Like, their biggest problem was the Chad Morris years where they oh. went 2-10 and ten for two yeah, years yeah. straight. Yeah, it was something else. But, but they're up and down. So Yeah, you can't lose to North Texas at home. That's 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 too far down, brother. But uh. – <laughs> It's true. But I think the problem, too, is when it comes to Arkansas is – I don't even know if administration knew they had a game that day. There. <laughs> I really think the UNT president woke up and said, oh, shit, we won a football game. Yeah. Did you look at that? Yeah, All right, on to the theater. Yeah. <laughs> now, nah, you know what the problem is? The fans of Arkansas, They're they remember great. the days of when Arkansas was dominant, right? I mean, they were dominant for, for a while, right? And so they still kind of, you know, are like holding on to those days. Those, those seven-year-old kids that are now – 67 and you know 70 years old that are still going to the game and buying season passes they still you know kind of remember those days and uh i think that's the problem with, with arkansas uh, with themselves they have to like they nebraska though they the 80s. Nebraska. 80s is literally well i'm sorry the 60s <laughs> to the i understand hanging on bro but like, like six <laughs> ten win seasons they, you know, like they, they have were, a right to feel some type of way. They don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't. That's out of line. Look, but look, I want to jump in. I want to jump in here. I want to jump in here because everybody's trying to get on me saying, "Oh, Levy and Browse run the same offense." Look, I get that, but I feel like there's different concepts. Shut up, Stephen. Before I go in on you, trust me. I told you. <laughs> I'll tell you for you. Don't y'all. Second off, 
Second off, look, look, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I, I, I still think that you put your own spin on that. I think that you have your own spin. And I, I think Levy, Levy's in a better position. Levy's going to have better talent to run the system or whatnot. And so with Levy, Levy, Levy is more, in my mind, he's, he's, he's more, I'm a play. I have my plays that I want to run, but if I'm killing you with one, I'm going to continue to do that. Browse is kind of all over the place. And especially with KJ Jefferson, as inconsistent as he was last year, I don't know if we if I saw the same offense out there because they had to do a lot of different things to, to really win games, uh, especially late uh, down the stretch, in my opinion. That's just me, though. I didn't like what – I mean, I, I said they, they just didn't have what they had previous years. Yeah, exactly. Receiving talent, yeah. Yeah. But that's the only problem, too, with Arkansas is they don't have the depth that the other teams have. And so when they do leave – lose like some key pieces it really stands out for them and they it lost really some key pieces out. this year i think on defense both middle linebackers drew sanders bumper pool gone yeah uh, catalan and look I, I i don't mean this is a shot texas or um arkansas is not going to really miss catalan just because he was injured all he last season so, so he wasn't there yeah right uh and so, he was last two season before last two but season. when when he's healthy I mean, that might be, and I've said this to you, Nino, that might be the pickup of the transfer portal. If he, if he can remain healthy, that yeah. guy is unbelievable. But like for Arkansas, they've lost a lot. There is, there is some question marks for the Razorbacks. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. they have some players hopping their portal. So that, that, that does make you but pick you up. But Chris, who's your guy on the hot seat? I know you said Missouri, but I think no, that's, you're leading that's, into that's someone else. Oh, I, I mean, Missouri? for me, I, I think that may be, but like, like Steven said, I mean, it's kind of got to temper uh, expectations. I, I mean, I really don't know because looking across across the uh, the thing, uh, across the SEC, it just doesn't really look like there's really that coach out there that's really on the hot seat, in my opinion. It's, a pretty it's, too, field. it's too early to tell about some of them. I mean, I get the points that you guys made about Pittman, Billy, but hell, I mean, you could probably make that for some other coaches. Hell, I mean – I know, given the situation, but hell, could we say that uh, Mississippi State may be in, in looking in the next year or two or so for a coach if, if you know, darn that kid, yeah. I mean, a guy doesn't really work out. So, I mean, it's, yes, they could. Yeah. If it turns into a disaster, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. God, yeah. I hope that works out. I mean, because he's auditioning for the job. I mean, I'm just being real. He's auditioning for the job. Like, I, I like him as a coach. I liked him as a defensive coordinator. I thought he was really good. And I like the uh, the uh, OC that um, you know he brought in, you know, from Central Michigan. I I like what he did there. It's just a matter of can they get the players to run that offense in that system? That's going to be huge for them. Jance, I'm not sure Vanderbilt still footballs. <laughs> or chance. I mean, <laughs> they they Vanderbilt has a tendency of going getting six wins in a season here or there, so they'll go to a bowl game. But their coach is always on the hot seat. Like, that's just – that's not even a question. It's, they yeah. live on the hot seat. Yeah. If that coach could appear right now, I wouldn't even know what the guy looks like. I, I, I had, Yeah, Chris Lee, I wouldn't look him up, bro. Chris I was like, Clark hey, who Lay, is the yeah. coach? Clark Lay. Clark Lay. See, yeah. see Clark Lay. I, saw, I called him Chris, and I don't even know why. <laughs> I yeah, him. I was going to say it was Jerry Stackhouse, um, but he's the men's basketball player. <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. Touche. Uh, I thought he named almost- Ramos football. Let's move on. on that note. Let's go to topic number three. <laughs> no disrespect, Vanderbilt. I love Nashville. No disrespect. No disrespect, Vandy. One of my favorite cities. 
I got a funny uh, story about Vanderbilt. I'll never forget when they had that year where they were about to play Alabama and the offensive lineman got on TV in front of the nation and God himself and said, we're about to go into Alabama and teach them how to play football. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Hell no. All right. Topic number three, folks. Future freshman QB starters here for the SEC. I think Steven brought this one up. So, Steven, are we talking about true freshmen, redshirt freshmen? What are you thinking? That um, was me. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, you. I was like, I didn't. That was me again. I, I threw out most of the topics that we have on the on the agenda today. But, <laughs> was, uh, y'all, y'all know I me. I'm just one of those guys. Though. I just show up and we just, whatever kind of happens once we're on yeah. here, like, that's where you just I roll go. the ball out for time. Well, that's basically hey, all it is. Roll the ball out. We're going to ball. Hey, guys, you know, first <laughs> off, everybody who's listening to this, None of this is scripted. We no. we put topics together, folks, and we just talk ball, man. So this is like barbershop feel, have fun with it. Let's just talk. So yeah, so you know, so freshman QBs, man. Jay. So I'm thinking. So my thought behind this was, as I was looking at uh, when I was talking to Ty and Chris not too long ago, we were talking about uh, like Tennessee has the situation with Nico coming in, and then you got Joe Milton at quarterback, and then we've been hearing the quote unquote reports. I don't know how true any. I think none of it's true, but. The speculation with fans, they want to have that, is the Texas deal with Arch Manning coming in with Quinn Ewers and um, is, is will, will Arch take his job immediately? And so – and then you look at Georgia. We're trying to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be Beck, but I actually just looked at Heisman odds and they have Brock Vandegrift in yeah, there Martin on the hit, list. And I'm trying to figure out what the, what the bleep is that. But yeah. anyway <laughs> – I'm curious to see if any of you think any freshman could potentially take someone's job in the SEC. I think the one that probably has the best chance is Nico at Tennessee, but I don't see it happening. I just think that uh, Joe has enough to be able to keep that uh, that engine uh, churning forward. So that's open form conversation, probably quick. We will go to the uh, the OCs right afterwards. But I was curious to. Y'all's thoughts on these freshmen and if any of them can take a job. Steven. Yeah, real quick. I don't think it's a question of if Nico wins the job to start the season. I expect Joe Milton to be the starter. I think it's a question of is Joe Milton the starter at the end of the season? Fair point. Right. Or like I think some of these things is how long, how much rope are you getting? Um, you know, or you know, injury. You know, we've seen stuff before, like Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, in, in, in the situation with him at Clemson when, when he got to take over, right? And so I, I could see something like that with Nico where maybe a month or two months into the season before he gets to, to step in there for that job. Um, the Georgia thing is interesting um, because Beck has kind of been that guy that they've had at that two-hole for a while um, behind Spetson. But we know what type of recruit uh, Brock Vandegrift was. We know what type of recruit Gunnar Stockton was. And, yeah. like, those guys, like, how – especially with a new offense – I mean, Mike Bobo's – Mike Bobo's taking over, right? For, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so now that, you know, Munkin's off to the Baltimore Ravens is a change of eyesight, change of – they're, they're seemingly going to keep that scheme and whatnot in place. But we know how how certain coaches like certain guys or acquiesce to certain mm-hmm. skill sets skill sets or traits. Um, so I think that could be could be could be something to look at as well over at Georgia. Um, I'm just gonna jump here and say if hey Ty, get your yes, boy. Sir. 
if Jance keeps coming after me, I'm gonna <laughs> drop a bomb on him. All right. I, I got I got I got some bombshells for him. I'm just letting y'all know. If if Jance keep coming for me, I got something for him. All right. Get him. Get him, Jance. Just letting y'all know. Hey, look, I'm gonna jump in here and say this right here, okay? Um, outside of the Tennessee kid, I, I don't know. I really don't see, you know, too much. I mean, I think you have some um some experienced guys coming back. I I, I think I think probably the Jay, the probably the better question would be just be, you know, who's going to win some of these quarterback battles out there? You know, like I said, Florida with Graham Mertz and and Jack Miller. Uh, um, you know, there, there's some quarterback battles that need to be won or, uh, for sure. So um, I'm just not really sure. Yeah, well, you know, Jens did say Ty Simpson. Ty Simpson, redshirt freshman. Yeah. It's a redshirt freshman. I was going to get into that, too, with the redshirt mm-hmm. freshman side of the house. I just – I don't know. I think outside of those two uh, those two teams, I, I don't know. But I don't see Ty Simpson start, though. I have a question for – I have a question for Ty, actually. Yes, sir. Is – with the Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow thing, I feel like they're, they're so different, at least – from the outside looking in, there's such different types of quarterbacks. Is there room in, in Nick Saban's world where you could see two a two-quarterback type system? Because I don't know if you would ever want to keep Jalen Milrow's feet on the bench. I mean, he's a crazy athlete, Yeah. even if I mean, Ty Simpson's your guy. I don't know, man. I just don't know that – Saban just doesn't strike me as a two quarterback system, but I'm not Saban. So, I, you know, I, I he, he could very well do it because Jalen Milrow is an unbelievable athlete. And look, w- one of the things I've said is there are moments last year where I can, I can point to you to some film where Milrow's making some, some good plays, some really good throws. The problem almost seemed like once it was outside the script, um, that's when things went awry. But that right there kind of bleeds into one of my biggest complaints, which was the offensive coordinator, right? I, I just thought that when Milrow came in, it almost looked like the same offense Bryce was running. And I don't think you should ask Milrow to run Bryce's offense because Bryce has to do so much. That's a conversation for a different day. The interesting thing with this, Stephen, is they're, they're different, but Milrow is mobile. Right. He's got a cannon. He's mobile. Ty Simpson has got escapability. He's more mobile than people, I think, realize. Um, but he's what I would say he's got really nice escapability and he can really throw on the run. And when you break down Tommy Reese's offense, where it gets even more amusing and frustrating, both of them have a home within that offense. Like both of them logically could make sense in that offense. I have no idea. Ty, who I think it's gonna be. Here's the question. Here's the question then. Do we get a transfer? Do I we see one so. of those two transfer? Oh, uh, possibly. But this is exactly why I don't think there's going to be anything named until fall. Yeah. And that's one of the unfortunate things. Look, the only coach I've ever seen, I mean, I'm not saying he's the only one, he's just the only one I can think of, and hats off to him at, at Baylor, Dave oh, Aranda yeah. last year. He just straight up said during spring, Hey, you lost the job. And that was uncommon because usually your coaches hold the, you know, close to the vest because they don't want their quarterbacks to transfer. Um, so I think Ty Simpson could start. Uh, look, he, he apparently had a really good camp, especially before the K-State game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just I, I I'm really interested to see how this offense with Tommy Reese goes. I'm very excited for that. Mm-hmm. Really, really excited to see that. But I mean, he's dealt with, in my opinion, I think he's dealt with a quarterback like Milrow um, far longer than he's he's dealt with somebody like Ty Simpson, and and that's that's just by default because he's had guys that I mean, like the uh, one of those Notre, Notre Dame quarterbacks, Drew Pine. Guys, yeah, he was just mobile. I mean, that's pretty much all he, he really was. Intermediate guy that was mobile. Like, I, uh, really mobile. I don't mean to, I, y'all know me. I try not to down anybody. I try yeah. and always look at it the half, you know, glass half full type thing. Like this might be a bad situation, but here's the, the light at the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. To put it lightly, Notre Dame quarterback play was bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it been bad bad. it's been bad for a while. I mean, like perplexingly no, bad. No, it's been bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's been bad for a while. Yeah, uh, they haven't yeah. had anything worth anything. You guys aren't uh, Ian with... Book guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's technically the last one that seemed competent. I didn't think he was that good in college. It, nah, I, yeah, yeah. I, he I was. He was a. Uh, um, gosh, who was the that? Ian Book? He's a broke Brady Quinn. The way you asked that. He's a broke Brady Quinn. Yeah, that's so probably the last one they've had. Not an Ian Book. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, you know, so honestly, folks, real answer. You know, here, true freshman. So good. None, none. Nico, maybe by the end of the season. Nico, maybe you know, it's a red shirt freshman, Ty Simpson, or maybe, maybe Walker Howard at Ole Miss. That's gonna be tough. It's so, it's so much, and Jackson Dart, yeah. But I mean, why would you bring in all those guys when you had Jackson Dart? Wasn't horrible quarterback last year. Is Spencer better than Jackson Dart was last year? I mean, why in the world? Yeah, did Spencer Sanders transfer there? Yeah, well, I he think had, he saw man. a mark. We I honestly think they thought means. he saw a mark. He looked at that and was like, "Ooh, that's for me to take." I mean, I no, 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 no. That that makes sense he's, to me. Look, if, if you want to say that, that makes sense to me, and I I rock with that because that's a competitive mentality. I rock with that. But at the same time, my man, like you had a golden opportunity at several institutions that, you know, you could have done something with. Yeah. Be like a no kidding, true, legit starter. Yeah. Coming there day one. Know it's your job. So interesting. Interesting. Let's go. I want to say one. I want to say one last thing. Yeah, go ahead, man. I want to be, to a point where my football team is as good enough as ties to where if we're playing Ian book in a playoff game, he can laugh the way he just laughed because I know that's how Ty laughed. When they got to play <laughs> Ian book in the college football playoffs. Like you're not even taking him seriously. I want my team to get to that level. <laughs> God, this is going to sound pompous. Do you want to know the game where I was just like chuckling the playoff game? Please tell the whole me. time. It was the Cincinnati one. Oh, right? yeah. And I'll tell you what made it even funnier is I've seen people afterwards be like, oh, look, Cincinnati played Bama as close as anybody that year. And I'm like, they ran the football all game because you stayed in a 3-3-5. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? They just thoroughly spanked you. They just didn't show their hand. I was so, like, just perplexed watching that game. It's I was just, no, granted, their corners were awesome. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Defensive rookie of the year. That tells yeah, you that yeah, and Kobe Bryant was so, Thorpe. Yeah. yeah. You know, but they didn't have to test him. He just ran the ball 
Oh, Saban ain't stupid. <laughs> the you weren't scared of, of you Saban. weren't scared of Desmond Ritter, Ty. <laughs> That's where he getting game checks now. He, he with the Falcons, ain't he? He's officially he's a starter starting quarterback now. with the Atlanta Falcons. He's a starter now. I guess. Officially. Hey, because he's a monster. He's a monster. Don't get me wrong, but like, I, I just the offense is one thing, but if you're in a three-three-five the whole time against Alabama and they're just looking at you and running with their six foot two, 220 pound running back down your throat all game. I'm comfortable. I, I remember, I remember the pod because Ty said three things about the game. He said one, all of the things Bryce has to do, blah, 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 because of Bill O'Brien. Then he said, yeah, he said, I think you just run the ball. And he said, yeah, he said, so, man, this Georgia game is going to be really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, like, hey, hey, Chris, you know, so what Ty is saying is there's there's some levels to this shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and Bama's here, and although since he had a really good quarterback, there's still levels to this. He won't well, styles make fights, just like in, you know, boxing, MMA, and you're not going to run against a power run team. Running a three three five when you're already outmanned, yeah, right? Exactly. From a talent Yo, perspective, my man Jansen's in the comments and said he felt that way about Connor Cook. Said he went and enjoyed his New Year's. Yo, you remember you remember Derrick Henry throwing Shalik Calhoun like a child? <laughs> yes, Just tossing him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my that wife turned bad. that game off actually she turned it off she Bama like, didn't blitz the whole game and yeah. just like, this is boring that's what my wife told me it was boring we're gonna win the game i was like oh god here we go all right last topic folks last topic today talking about levels to this we're going to talk about uh the best ocs in the sec there's levels to this folks here we go when we're looking at the best ocs in college football um we got just a few guys here. Let's take a look from the SEC. You got uh, Denbrook from LSU, um, Lebby from you know from OU, you know future SEC, um, and Tommy Reese from Alabama. Tommy Reese, a top ten offensive coordinator in college football. Ty, what you think about that, man? Yeah, look, I think um, there's going to be a lot of pushback because you look at the Notre Dame offenses, and like I said, I- I'm not naive to what Notre Dame's offenses didn't do. I mean, let, let's call a spade a spade. But here's what I will say. Uh, I think it's very obvious when you turn on the film. Tommy Reese is a creative guy. I, I'm intrigued, right? I'm certainly intrigued. Um, but I, I, I saw some people like, well, what did he do at Notre Dame? And yeah, I mean, it, it is it is what it is. You know, the Notre Dame offenses didn't have anything. But I really think that is a... Uh, you look at the quarterback play for Notre Dame, and it was abysmal. I mean, they couldn't hit a five-yard out. It yeah. was painful. Yeah. It, it wasn't good. I kind of feel like grades and all the rest of that stuff, the, the academic part of it kind of limited them. I'm not going to say that you can't find a five-star intelligent kid. I mean, hell, look at what Princeton's doing, what, what Princeton did in the NCAA tournament, you know? But my whole thing is it's just Notre Dame has some, has some things that hold them back regardless. And it's not NIL. It's not the name on the – jersey any of that any of that they just have some things built within their their university that just holds them back as far as football wise especially now that the the powers that be have spread you know 
nobody's saying, you know, oh my God, I got to go to Notre Dame. I got to go to Miami. Like you can spread the, the, the wealth has been spread out, you know? So I just think that he's, he's, he's had to deal with what he, he, with what he's been given, you know, he hasn't really, the, the quarterbacks haven't really panned out. I and mean, he's got some high star quarterbacks there just haven't panned out. And then just some of the, the skill players and whatnot. I mean, running backs, I, I we, we could go all day about their running backs, but that's, and uh, you know, they have, they had a couple of tight ends here and there, but they just never really had that wide receiver. That I was just like, Oh my God, he's a threat. Interesting. I'm so I, I think that he's low. I think they're giving him a little bit of a boost because obviously the Alabama logo is behind him now. But I also think that he does deserve some respect because even though Notre Dame does a Notre Dame thing and, and they will go out there and play a hell of a game against Ohio State and then go out there against McNeese State and play like straight ass. Uh, <laughs> he still is able to garner an uh, or or to put field an offense that is decent enough to help help them win games. Yeah. And, so, and win a bunch of games. So, I wanted to chime in real quick. There, there's a couple of things that jumped out to me on this list. First and foremost, you don't see any of the uh head coaches that are really OCs also. Yeah. So you don't see any of those people. So your yeah. Lincoln Rileys of the world, the Sarkeesians of the world, they're not populating on this list, which was I thought was quite interesting that they didn't take that in consideration. I guess they the PFF who made this list was only going off of titles. Um, didn't see Sean Lewis over there at Colorado on there, even though he just came back, you know, from being a head coach. Figured he'd be on this list. But the Tommy Reese one jumped out to me that he got thrown in this list this early, especially after the, uh, the, the the how the performance was in Notre Dame, which tells me that those that evaluate at the NFL level look at him and his schemes and his offenses and say, oh, his biggest problem was personnel. It really wasn't him. Um, and which, Ty, I see why you are pretty excited about him coming to Alabama because that really speaks well of him. It, it really tells you that, yeah, it's probably schematically he's creative does a great job of getting people open. He didn't have the guys, the dudes to do it. And sometimes you need dudes to make things work. And that jumped out to me when I saw that list. And I was like, you know what? I definitely want to get Ty's thought on it as well as everybody else's on the fact that Tommy Reese made it in the top 10 uh, nationally as far as the top OCs. I think it's definitely some projection to it. Uh, no doubt. I think, Chris, you hit the nail on the head. I think the they're taking into account the talent he'll have at Alabama, mm -hmm. right? I'm I, I, not naive to that what i will say is this um i think corporate duck makes a great point brian kelly tried to get him to go to no or to lsu whenever mm -hmm. brian kelly left notre dame he wanted him to come with him and reese ended up staying a year ended up going to alabama and two he's he did coach that offense to a college football playoff game they got slaughtered but they made it to the dance right and uh so look got, I, 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 drafted ty i know i know i know <laughs> No, look, uh, that's why I said I'm really excited when I started watching the Notre Dame film and like I was looking at this, I was like, there's some creative stuff here, but I, I completely understand if you looked at that, Jay, and you were like, Tommy Reese at 10, what? I, I, if you were to look at Notre Dame's numbers, they're not great, and I'm not naive to that, no doubt about it. I, no, I, what jumped out to me was the fact that he was there. I'm just like, that's saying some good well, stuff about Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I, you know I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. But That jumped out to me. I was like, huh. Interesting. So your excitement is warranted. Is is kind of my thought with everything. One more thing. 
there's nothing about that LSU offense that scares me. Just to be just to be real with you, um, I think that um, defensively they should be hell this year for for some people. But just offensively, they don't really scare me. I don't think that offense is, is as explosive as as you would think. Um, so that that guy coming in, now that OC coming in at, at number five, that kind of does that does kind of surprise me. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, they had they had a hell of a season to finish, but still, in my mind, I, I don't. It, it's not as explosive to me as I guess some some people would think. Brother, brother Chris, they dropped damn near eighty points in the bowl game. I'm not worried about them and Purdue. Stop. That's explosive, brother. Stephen, stop. stop. <laughs> well, that, that did you see what happened when they had Nussmeyer come in that game against Georgia? Yeah, Nussmeyer. Yeah, we talking about Nussmeyer again. Nussmeyer no, Nussmeyer was... should be talked about because that's yeah, that. We ain't sure it's Jaden Daniels show anymore, bro. Well, <laughs> yeah. You see, did y'all for everybody in chat go back watch the LSU Georgia game? And granted, Georgia did not prepare for Nussmeyer, so I do want no. to give that little caveat when people are watching this, and they're they're polar opposites, right, Jaden? You want to keep him in the pocket, whereas Nussmeyer, please, dear God, get him out the pocket. Do not let him stand there. Um, but great stuff from a quarterback coming in against Georgia. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for LSU. Unfortunately, I mean, I think they have a really bright future ahead of them and possibly one of the most talented people on that team didn't play last year because of a knee injury, Mason Smith, defensive yeah, line. Exactly. I, I would like to add with the Nussmeyer performance against Georgia, that's what led me to pick Ohio State and feel confident with them covering because I saw opening for CJ Stroud in, in, in that same regard to sit back there and be able to, to really find some opportunities. And, and Nussmeyer was the one that kind of exploited some of those things. That makes sense. And if Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't get hurt, there's a good chance. Hey, last, yeah. Nick, Nick, I just got a question for the panel. Last question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, who wins the Auburn Texas. quarterback battle? You said what? Oh, it's not about Texas. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, trust me. Texas is first thing from my mind. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, there, I'm surprised. Y'all are mediocre. Nobody cares about that. We're talking football. Uh, yeah, but hey, yeah, when we're talking about Auburn, though. Get out of here. Who is, uh, I mean, obviously, <laughs> this article that I'm reading right now says many Auburn fans hope. The answer is not TJ Finley, but (laughs) (laughs) I've already said I think Rocky Ashford, but that would be my pick. I I mean, I like what I saw from Nikki. I think he he has a lot of heart. Um, I don't know if heart translates to wins this year, but at the same time, I mean, Hugh Freeze has got it done down there at at, um, Liberty, so I, I, I put nothing past him. Heart, though it's not Captain Planet, brothers. SBC football, right? <laughs> I think it's got to be Robbie. I, you know, I, it, I, I think it has to be, man. Um, you know, TJ. I mean, we've seen the TJ show now. What, what's this? His fifth year now coming up. Feels like it. He's a junior technically, but yes, this is, feels like he took Bama to the max, though. I, I mean, that's one game. You know, it was the only game what? that matters. I mean, that's why Jimbo Fisher has a job. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about like, does that count? Does that game count? He completed like eight passes. <laughs> I just um, 
Uh, yeah, man. It, it TJ has have them on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a look. We've seen the TJ Finley show. We've seen five years of it. He is what he is. He is who we thought he was. Right? That's what that's Green said. Right? So it is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be right. Watch him turn into 06 Jamarcus Russell this year, and we just maybe <laughs> break out the receipts. <laughs> We're on a Twitter montage. Yo. Oh my God. That's hard to write me off, but I didn't write back, guys. He could be like last season, Joe Burrow. They tried to write him. last year. But yeah, I don't think he has that arm talent. So he's returned to send. (laughs) This dude's bringing up all the podcast episodes. You said I was. Yeah. I think no, Jance. Jance says uh, he already knows who the quarterback won for Auburn is. Who is it? Jance Bill the Beans. He says it's Chris. He says part-time lawyer, lawyer in Auburn QB. I, I, I go out there and get the job done. I got more than heart. I got wins. I got I got a couple of wins. I got some big games left in me. I still got some eligibility left too. So I mean, got hey, bad I just... back waiting to happen right there. That's all yeah. you want. Chris, Chris is staring at the Joint at the pain. distance, and he says, "I bet I could throw a mountain or a football clear over those mountains." Oh yeah, we go over here. I will say yeah, one yeah. last thing on Auburn: they could be the team that we'll see how he Hugh evaluates spring ball and when they finish. You know, they could probably be the team where they hit the portal for another quarterback uh, yeah. after the spring. Mr. Sanders is right there. <laughs> Jump back in. That was the crazy oh, thing about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah so that was the crazy thing about he it. He was, he the word transfer. word on the street was that uh Spencer Sanders was a silent commit to Auburn. Where they held that, how that how that went left, I have no idea. Oh, it was clear cut go to Auburn and be the starter. I agree, Chris, on that. Hey, oh yeah, I would have too. That's that make that makes the, probably sense. the best situation. It made it made the most sense. It did make the most sense. Damn it, Hayes gonna have to do like a whole nother edit then. <laughs> <laughs> hold up, hold up. Uh, highlight, highlight my guy RJ's comment. RJ oh. played um, in the SEC. He said Auburn football, man. I remember when we played against Cam in ten. That was a crazy game. Wish they would have got uh, man. Oh, I I try and forget the whole Cam Newton Auburn saga. That uh, he was just running he was ship through the SEC. He was, and I don't know if y'all remember oh, that, that game against yeah that that 2010. And Bama had them in the first half. I mean, Bama was beating them handedly. Uh, yeah, and he just came zero? back. He just came He's back. It was something crazy like that. Was, I think y'all were up 21-0. He just he came back. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was Cam after that, the Cam show. Yeah, unbelievable. Anyway. But I just don't trust Auburn. You fired – you you attempted to launch a coup against a coach for a rumor and then hired a coach that has been proven to do the thing the other coach you started a rumor for. But the coach who was proven to do that – He looks like Clowney. He's also a proven winner. That's the problem. (laughs) RJ says uh, Cam is bigger than we we think. He looks like Clowney. I bet. I I would not doubt it. I've heard – that never had Cam is ginormous human being. It'd be fun to get RJ on here. He played in the SEC. That'd be a ton of fun. All right, cool. We got to get him on. We got to get him on. All right. Where we at, folks? Folks, man, look, it's been 90 minutes. Oh, well, almost 90 minutes. So 
We've this gone through Auburn by four. <laughs> no, no, no. Show him the back. Show him the back. Uh, Chris, let's get back of the shirt. He's been trolling like crazy. I saw Ty cry in 2013. <laughs> Remember the kick six. <laughs> Who made that shirt, Chris? That's something else. <laughs> Very nice t-shirt. Ty will be wearing this after the Iron Bowl this year. I will We've burn it after the Iron it. Bowl this year. We've already I will. I swear that. to God, y'all will tune into my stream, and it will be like a medieval seance. I will be in a robe. <laughs> Candles will be lit. There will be like a, the whole. The <laughs> it's going to be a whole. Set up and just stream it directly from there. Like, we'll come guys, in with the incense. Oh man, Chris brought the shirt. It's always it's always gifts for Chris. That's ridiculous. Always trolling. Always trolling. All right, folks, it's 9.30 my time, man. We just did 90 minutes. Um, man, We're not going another 90? No, not another 90, man. I got uh, made a 90 minutes without talking about Texas. God is good. Oh, get out of here. Get here out of we... here. Here we go again. Here we go. Yeah, little look who brought it up. Yeah, look who brought it up. Huh, Steven? Look who brought it up. That's just saying. All right. Well, that hey, train's bro. never waiting, you know. It's never late. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to go around the room. Uh, Nick Battle, Nino's Corner. Find me everywhere, Nino's Corner, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Jay, how about you, man? Jay Smith, Unfair Sports. Find me, you know, everywhere, social media, YouTube, all that jazz. Love hanging out with these chaps. This was a great time as usual. Steve, Steve here, Fanatic Perspective. Find me on YouTube, Fanatic Perspective, all the socials, IG, Twitter, uh, just dropped a Rodney Terry uh, analysis video today, but excited to be here with my SEC brother. Piggyback off of that, great hire by Texas. You guys did the right thing. He's 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 going to be a, a damn good coach for you guys. If you guys didn't take him, then we were going to definitely uh, have some conversations. You're already out on Porter? You're not gonna get what you want from me. Anyways, <laughs> you guys can find me at the Horns Down Pod, the Horns Down Podcast on but you know where I'm at. <laughs> Horns Down Pod, trust me. Hey, look, a lot of content about to come. Got some things planned for Nick, but we'll God, I thought it later. was gonna be me again. I'm just no, glad it's not me. No, again. Ty, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. <laughs> Thank Ty. God. Thank God. Yeah, Ty with around the table sports. You just know I constant college football content. I'm a bit like a squirrel where these guys right here are just feeding my unhealthy addictions. So thanks for being enablers. <laughs> and like Steven said, man, hit that like button. And we out, folks. Deuces. Now the spinning wheel. <laughs> <laughs>